right, they are not dead, they are alive. It's all about not quite zombies this week. Welcome, this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com, and uh, we're not going full zombie. No. We're going half zombie. That's They're right. alive That's right. and kicking. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I tell a funny story about that song? The song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was at a party, uh, I was probably like a freshman in high school, and um, we were there with uh, a friend of ours who was like a year older than us, and his older brother, who probably already graduated from high school, was singing that song, that song was on, he was singing that song, but he kept singing, I like it kinky, and he wasn't trying to be funny, I think he, he actually thought those were the lyrics of the song, and my evil twin and I were just like silently mocking him, like, it's the title of this song, dude. Well, you know, one of my favorite songs is Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> It's a classic. <laughs> Excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> Those are all going to go on our Fright Club, the album, <laughs> which is coming out soon. We're going to assemble all the songs, and then we're going to get sued. That's right. Uh, and you'll never hear from us again. <laughs> no, it's not I Like It Kinky. It's Alive and Kicking, because they're not zombies. They are not. You know, some of them are, are hosts to some other form of life, and in other cases, it's just something has made them go insane or... Rage-filled or right, bitey. <laughs> Getting Something all bitey. made them go bitey. Yeah, so there's some good ones in here. One, especially at number five, we'll get to here in a second, that I just totally forgot about. Yeah, I love and that And it's one. not that old. But we want to say thank you. Uh, last week, we, we had a great time, as always. Fright Club Live, we did at the Gateway Film Center. Taped it live as we discussed the uh, best Spanish-language horror. And it wasn't until it was all done, put to bed, and put away before we realized we messed up. Yeah, I missed I missed one of my very favorites. I mean, it's not like I missed the number five or six movie that should have been on the list. Like, I missed one of the top couple, which is We Are What We Are. Uh, I how did we do I don't that? know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We were driving home, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> not just one version. There's two, which the second one is good, too, but we mm. love that first one. Yeah, I mean, the second one's the English language, one right, so it wouldn't right, have made but it. Still, but the original is such a great movie. Such so a great movie. Good. Yeah, so... so Apologies That's on me. to We Are What We Are. Yeah. Um, but uh, So that would definitely would have been in there. But Well, we got to meet Colossal Bandit. Yeah, I love that. Sean at Colossal Bandit, yeah. he came out. Yeah, he was Red Hat. That's in- right. Until he uh, revealed his secret identity. That's right. And the whole place, we just fell about the place. That's right. So You're it was exciting Colossal to meet Bandit. him. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the regulars, Bridget was there, and Brandon, and, and John, John and, yeah. and yeah. Derek, and uh, Megan, yeah. and, and, uh, and Rob, and everybody. Charlie, and yeah. Yeah, and, and then Megan, a lot of yeah. new people, a lot of new faces, so that was really awesome. Tom, did we mention Tom and his wife? Yeah. Anyway, a lot of... Oh, and yeah, Tom. And a, and a lot of new faces as well. They, Tom and his wife spent their anniversary at Fright Club a couple of weeks That's ago. That's right. Or a couple last month, I think yeah. it was. So we love our Fright Club family. We do. And we are always looking to expand it, so you guys are awesome. So, uh, and also, speaking of, we want to say thanks to uh, NACMAC for reaching out about two podcasts ago. He got around to listening to um, the one about Takashi Miike and had a comment. Yeah, which is a great one. He Because he mentioned he never heard of Gozoo, but uh, was very eager to um, watch it now. He was he was sold. We had him at Electric Ass Ladle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be a good selling point that for is. that one. Boom. Yeah. Oh, I got to see that. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, as always, for all the comments and everything. Keep those coming. Uh, on Twitter, we are at MedWolf. Oh, and we just signed up for, we're late to the party, but we just signed up for Instagram. Right. We were just uh, too lazy to do Bridget's it Bridget's been on us to get on there. <laughs> uh, and so we are on there. We're Mad Wolf Columbus on Instagram because some girl, let me go off on this. <laughs> I looked her up. Some girl, her name is nothing to do with Mad. She took the name Mad Wolf with two with D's. Two D's, and we I looked don't know her why. up. Yeah, and her name is like you know Julie Collins or something. It's like well, that's not her name, but uh, <laughs> but 
Why do you call yourself Mad Wolf? Anyway, she took it. Uh, so we're Mad Wolf Columbus, Columbus on Instagram, which is what we're Mad Wolf Columbus on uh, Facebook, Facebook as well. Facebook, right. But we're glad we got madwolf.com, uh, the domain, and then Mad Wolf on Twitter. Right. So we're happy about that. We're not bitter, Julie Collins. <laughs> Julie Collins in air quotes. I know, somewhere Julie Collins is going, why do you hate me? Like, That's not her name. I'm just saying that somebody stole Mad Wolf on Instagram. Anyway, so uh, we're just getting started. Yeah, we're late to the Instagram party, uh, but we're trying. So uh, hit us up on there as well. Uh, if you'd like, we'd love to uh, love to connect on there. So uh, we've got the top five, not quite a zombie, alive and kicking. I like it kinky countdown. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is the one uh, that I forgot totally about. And it's just a few years old. We'll start at number five. And that is from 2008. It's called Splinter. <laughs> What's the splinter? The one stick you. Yeah. It's going to get in here. It's going to kill it. You okay? Don't touch it! Yeah, I tell you what, there were a number of movies that were sort of in and out of my number five slot. Um, one of them, actually, I think you would like, it's called Carriers, and it's Chris Pine. And it's oh. like a, it's like an epidemic, like disease, like a disease movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very good, but, but as I just was sort of looking again at Splinter, I really love this movie. It looks awesome. It's very, very creepy, and like... Um, I think it's a it's a pretty unique approach to what is basically a parasitic host kind yeah. of a film. So very quickly, because the, you couldn't really tell from the trailer, the quick synopsis, this this couple basically gets carjacked, yeah. kidnapped. Yeah, um, a girl convinces her sort of nerdy boyfriend that they want to go camping in the Oklahoma woods, the ancient Oklahoma woods. And um, he uh, and then they get carjacked, right, by Shea Wiggum, who you'll, you'll recognize yeah. him. I mean, he's in a million things, but he's also the brother in Silver Linings Playbook. I think that might be That's what he's most known his, for. Yeah, but he's, he's one of those... He's almost a that guy. Yeah, he he's is. bubbling under the list of that guys. Yeah. Oh, anyway, he's one of the carjackers. Yeah, and and his um, addict girlfriend. They carjack uh, this couple, and then they go to an abandoned <laughs> gas station. Why? Well, you know, they don't know right away. Lights are on, but I mean, and then the uh, uh, the girl finds the previous gas station attendant in the uh, in the public restroom, and things go really nutty from there and it, it, it's quills that well they call them splinters but i mean it's it's uh at first they think that they have this uh it's like roadkill but you can tell that it's not really the right animal because of these quills and then you see these quills in other people and then you realize that that's uh how the parasitic host gets from one person to another so um once you are hit with a quill you may not die but you certainly will be affected by the host um but then sometimes you will die and sometimes the host will just split you off and turn you into two different sort of quill mm. monsters. It's so cool looking and it's so, so creepy. And then they're trapped inside the like convenience store gas station, kind of like in, in, um, the mist. Yes. Um, afraid to go out and then, but then they see like the first, for a second they're all happy. Oh, it's a police car. And then <laughs> they're like, like wait like Don't. turn around yeah. and then the, oh it's it's it, so anyway it's just very it's very very effective it's well acted given you know it's clearly a low budget horror movie um um and Shay Wiggum's a good actor but really the entire cast is quite good and it's it's got more of an emotional turn than you might expect from a film like this too i just loved it yeah because it's interesting you start out as carjackers and victim but then they have to help each other yep, yep. and the whole dynamic changes and uh, there's also a cool, uh, a cool thing, you know, the lockbox key. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, where they? I don't want to give away too much, but there's 
an address on the lockbox key. And you know what it is? I do, actually. 1060 West Addison. <laughs> and anybody, even if you're not from Chicago, we're not. We love Chicago. But any who's seen the Blues Brothers, right. you know that 1060 West Addison is... Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. <laughs> so, uh, that might be a little callback to maybe the director is from Chicago yeah. or something. I don't know. Or the know. Blues Brothers. The maybe Blues they just Bro- really <laughs> like the Blues Brothers. I don't know. 1060 West Addison. Anyway, uh, the one thing... About this, the the clue, you talk about the gas station being abandoned, and and these are not zombies, so what's going on? The, really, the only clue you have is the sign right. that says oil, what's it say, oil biohazard or something? There's some sort of biohazard going on. Right. And I think it's, you know, I think it's like, as a lot of movies like this are, it's kind of a little bit of an ode to sort of ecological horror. You know, they're in this, they're in this, um, they're trying to go into this ancient, you know, Oklahoma woods. And, and it's just the idea of of man mucking things up, mucking around with nature where mm-hmm. they ought not to. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool. The, the way the quills work. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I was just about to talk about the visual effects, and it just uh, was worth mentioning that the director, Toby Wilkins, was a longtime visual effects supervisor, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did a visual effects on, on loads and loads of movies, and, you know, he could, he brought, obviously, a real skill in that area to this film. I mean, there's a, I don't want to give a lot away, but there's a certain scene with the cop where you're just like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah so uh, check that one out. It's, it's one that definitely flew under the radar, even for me, and I saw it. Right. Uh, when I saw it was number five on your list, I'm like, Splinter, what's that? Oh, that thing. So from 2008, that's our number five. Moving up to number four, one that all oh, we've, we've talked about before, and you're definitely going to be aware of, and that's from 2006. Another one word, almost a zombie title, Slither. From Universal Pictures. Great is sick or something. <laughs> It's a film so shocking. Uh, we got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face ah! of horror. Marriage is a sacred bond, for better or worse. Much worse. And this was one of our, this was our first Fright Club Live, right, at the new location at yes, Gateway. Yes, it was. Yes, yeah, it and was. And it was a big hit. It was. Because this, everybody loves this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, just watch it right this second. We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait. Come back. Uh, yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's also got some uh, weirdo, ooh, kind of effects. Yeah. But it never loses that fun factor. Yeah, and you know, and there are like uh, it's another it's another host, it's another alien host type of film, and there are about a million that we could have put in this position. And it's funny because most of them are actually mentioned in one way or another in the movie Slither because it's clearly based in a lot in a, a lot of ways on Night of the Creeps and also Cronenberg's um, Shivers are also they came from within, you know, these big slug like alien bugs <laughs> that yeah. get inside of you and then sort of turn you into and, it, and it's funny so they have like a group think but there's still a bit of themselves in there and it's never clear are they dead or are they live although they're turning into some sort of a big giant mollusk monster but it's the funniest movie ever Nathan well James Gunn wrote and directed of course he went on to do Ga- Guardians right. of the Galaxy mm-hmm. he's the biggest giantest director in the world right now but you always knew he had it in him because he's just he's got the funniest goofiest sense of humor and perspective yeah just a tiny bit subversive, but in a fun way. And the cast is great. You said Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker, for Lord's yep. sake. Uh, you know, and, and some great character actors. Greg Henry. Right. Greg is Henry the is so great. And they're all just great. And the film is just loaded with homages to other movies. Let me just run you down a couple of them. Uh, in the opening scene, there's a sign for R.J. McCready's funeral home. And R.J. McCready is, of course, Kurt Russell's character in the thing right uh so there's and there's there's a ton of them you've got uh brenda at one point 
is watching the Toxic Avenger right. on TV. <laughs> That's right. That's maybe my favorite yeah, bit of I the know. entire movie. I know you love that. And another <laughs> sign that you might miss, there's a sign, I think twice you can see a sign for Henenlotter's Saddle Lodge. Which is the director of uh, Frankenhooker, Frankenhooker, yeah. and all those. So, yeah. and there's a ton more. I mean, the, the the whole film, top to bottom, is loaded with these things. You've even got Rob Zombie doing a cameo voice. Right. He's, he's the voice of the doctor right, on the right, phone. Right, on the phone. So they're, he's they're, the nerdy doctor on the yeah. phone. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So it's just loaded with them, and that just keeps the fun angle. But you've got those cool effects of, especially when Michael Rooker turns into the to the monster and all oh that my stuff. God. It's, it's just, it's just fun it, it is. really is it is it's really fun it's a really really fun one we've talked about that one a lot though and the next one fuzzy math wise it's a tie i gotta tie at number three so we may as well move on quickly okay then i yeah i, I love the second half of number three and it is the crazies we're in trouble is he dead David, there's somebody outside. Military started shooting town folk. Ah, we gotta get out of here, guys! I had to get that in because I love that version of Mad World, which is originally a Tears for Fear song. This version by Gary Jules mm-hmm. and... I forgot. I guess it was a re- this version was also used in Donnie Darko. Nice, but it really came to prominence in this because they use it so much. And I think it, if it didn't start the trend, it was early on in the trend of movies taking these songs, slowing them down, making them creepy. Creepy. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of passe now. I think We're past so. that. But boy, so. early on it was cool. Yep. And especially with this song, because those two words, Mad World. Oh, yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect for this movie. And, yeah, there are two versions, of course. The 1973 was the George Romero. I know you love Romero. I do, too. Mad props for Romero. I love the remake. Yeah, you know, I'm with you, and I didn't uh, I didn't expect to, because uh, Brett Eichner directed it, and I, I'm not a huge fan of his. Currently, you can see his giant... Fi- flaming turd uh the last witch hunter in theaters <laughs> so i you know i wasn't pleased that he was going to remake this movie uh though i was pleased that it was being remade because it's really an underseen film it was one of uh, romero's earlier films and it's basically the zombie concept without zombies which is uh the the um government has accidentally unleashed a toxic uh, uh agent in the water in this small town and it has and it's such a brilliant a concept turned everybody insane mm-hmm. except the few people who are immune but how could you possibly tell if they're immune and one of the things i love about both versions is that um insanity is pretty individual you know it's the way people lose their minds is completely individual you know and so sometimes it's relatively harmless it's an old lady on a tricycle in town and uh or a father and that woman by the way she was in the original movie. Nice. That actress on the bicycle. Nice. And that's a creepy scene. It is a creepy scene. Creepy. It is. And uh, another time. She was and, in the original. Right. And another time, you know, it's it's very violent, obviously. Now the remake gets more violent. Uh the original is they're they're not it's not that no one is violent. It's just that as is really always always the case with Romero, he his villains are the agents of the government mm-hmm. and um and 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 the film uh in the original film the two leads are co- combat military they're 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 vietnam veterans which is another you know it's a big theme in his early sure, works sure. so they kind of throw away a lot of the uh political angles in the remake and just go for this is a really creepy concept and let's amp that up a little bit they also i'm gonna say it 
they get all they wimp out on the one big shock in the original which is a father and daughter who get a little too close for comfort. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I missed it. Like, I didn't really need to see it again, but I thought, you know, we'll wuss out a little bit. And it's funny, this is right next to Slither on our list because Elizabeth Banks, I guess, turned down the... Uh, oh, the Rod the, Mitchell yeah, role? Yeah, Did because, not know. It, because she felt it was too similar to Slither. Interesting. Yeah, back to back. So, yeah, so, so close in her career. Of course, now she's gone on, she's... Huge now, it's huge. But uh, you know that was a career choice. No, nothing wrong with Rodda Mitchell. She's no, fine. She, yeah, she's Timothy, always good. Timothy Oliphant, who yeah, we, love, we love. He's so good in this. He's so good in uh, the whole. The whole cast is really good. Yeah, and it's just set up from the start. You know, with that guy uh, coming onto the little league field with the shotgun. <gasps> yeah. Everything is just creepy. Yeah. From the beginning, and I remember right after I saw this, I think I posted on Facebook that I had seen it and loved it. One of my friends goes, "Really." Yeah. I said, yeah, it's really that good. The car wash scene is so oh, great. The car wash, the car wash yeah. scene. You know, though, I, I, I have to say that I prefer, um, in a way, the ending of Romero's ending is bleaker and yeah. and just more of a gut punch. Not that not that the 2010 version ends no, on a happy is, note, no, but the not. Romero, I think the Romero ending is, is, it is more of a gut punch for me and uh, kind of prefer it for that reason. Yeah, and the funny thing is, back when uh, I checked it, it's not active anymore, but back when this movie came out, the website ogdenmarshsheriff.com was an actual working website tied into the movie. Nice. The, the, the website that he gets on uh, and they show a couple of times that was actually a working website. Wow. Which is funny. It's not anymore. I, I checked it back uh, just the other day to make sure. But the one point of discussion, I think, uh, in this, well, I guess we're giving too much away uh, in case you've seen, we talk about the ending, about the military and why did they even go in if they had an end, you know, a means to an end already knew what they were going to do with this town. And I think a lot of people that watch the movie think they use it as, as, as a training, a tr- sort of a training exercise to see what would happen. Um, I think that you can you can definitely make that case because most of the military that you actually run into, especially in the second, but also in the first, they clearly are novices. They're mm-hmm. you know it's not like they're veterans and they know what they're supposed to be doing. They're they're sort of easily duped by the the townspeople who aren't crazy and and uh, and they're um, they're nervous and and yeah, I, c- I could definitely see that being. I think people are guessing. I think probably it was just a, a flaw in the writing, but it's you know it's but a I, nice yeah no I think that's a totally a nice pl- plausible totally plausible theory. That's a good point about them being novices and and, and it's sort of a training training exercise. But both versions uh, definitely worth checking out from 1973, the George Romero crazies, and from 2010, uh, Breck Eisner's crazies. Which there are a couple uh, of other. There are a couple of other sort of, uh, they're not zombies, they're just crazy movies that are really worth talking about. One is uh, from 2007, and I mentioned that because there is another movie called The Signal from 2013, and that's not the one I'm talking about. Uh, 2007, called The Signal, which we've mentioned before. A.J. Bowen plays this exterminator, and it's called The Signal because there is some sort of a, uh, you know, a, a broadcast signal that drives people crazy. Right. But not everybody, but again, you don't know. And that's, do you have the crazy, is what they say. And it's just, it's fun, it's dark, it's funny. It's three separate, but inner locking shorts uh-huh. uh, and uh, they they all have a very different perspective and point of view and the one in the middle the one that's mostly about the exterminator is the best because it's kind of a comedy but I mean it's a very fun movie and then not to knack Mac he brought up Pontypool the other day because we, we talked about Canadian films and we did not mention that one because I'm not a giant fan of it but it is you're not a, a giant fan I am of not it. a gi- yeah. giant fan of Pontypool I don't dislike it but I, I don't love it and, uh, and but it's the same basic concept and in that case it's for some reason words 
language. Mm-hmm. The, it, the language turns people crazy. Okay. And so it's, it's focused on a, a, a DJ who just keeps trying to broadcast and people are listening to the broadcast and they try to figure out how to uncrazy what they're doing by intentionally making it crazy. So that's going to be on our DJ countdown. It will be on our DJ countdown. When we get to that. All right. But I have to admit one thing. I have to I have to unveil an, an inaccuracy. And once you see it, George hasn't seen it yet. You'll know why I did this. I, I saw the movie back when it came out. And in my head, the DJ is played by Lance Hendrickson. And you'll know why when you see it. But it, he fact, is not. Um, he's played by Stephen McHattie. So oh, I apologize. Stephen McCaddy, yeah, he's, he's had a long career, and I'm pretty sure he's the guy that comes in to the coffee shop and Vigo Mortensen hits him upside the head with a coffee pot in the history of violence. Oh, I that think. could be. I'm well, not looking at it, IMDb right now, but I think that's... When you watch it, you'll see it's a very Lance Henriksen style. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Style character, so I apologize. My apologies to, uh, pon- to Pontypool fans and to Mr. McCaddy that we'll I just get. We'll get to Pontypool on that DJ countdown. Someday, yeah. Coming someday. All right, number three, The Crazies. Uh, Pick your version. Number two, a classic from 1982, The Thing. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. It takes us over, and it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? He can beat one of those things! So anytime you're gonna do one, if you're gonna count the ones who are, you know, there's a host, you know, uh, uh, you gotta go with this. This is the all-time best Uh, parasitic alien host movie. Oh my god, it's it's, so great. it's so funny to, well, as all, as so many geniuses are not uh, appreciated in their time, it it didn't make any money when no. it came out. The critics hated it. It was released the same day as Blade Runner. Can you oh, believe that? Oh, wow. Which the was another one that day, didn't make exactly. any money. Yeah. Exactly. Same, same so didn't apparently, make any money. But, uh, it's, everybody had a stroke on that day. I guess. What did they go see? Something crappy. <laughs> Meatballs or something. It still remains, I, I think, uh, John Carpenter has said it's his favorite yeah. movie of his. And it's gotten well-deserved love over the years. And, you know, you'll see, you'll see odes to it in, in uh, several of the other films on this list. Uh, oh, yeah, Splinter, we talked about one. Splinter yeah. in particular. Um, well, right, actually Splinter and Slither and both. Slither, but yeah. but uh, it's, you know, you know, the effects hold up amazingly well, given that the, the film came out as long ago as it did. I, th- I think that, that this film generates the tension of, you know, the sort of, who's got the crazy more than any other movie because it's so claustrophobic yeah. and isolated and you and can't nobody knows no. they have those certain tests that they try uh but still you you're you're not quite sure and, no. and the movie is very very you know purposefully make sure you don't know and that's right. and that's great yeah it's very very claustrophobic in fact so much so that i i guess all the British Antarctic research stations have a of a tradition still today of watching this movie every June twenty first, which is some sort of mid mid winter festival they have. They wow. always watch this movie. Wow, <laughs> I know it's the best. I know. It, it's so good. We should join them this June twenty first. We should just watch it. <laughs> just, just head on. Yeah, that's right. No, I thought you. No, made, no, no. We'd we can do there. it from our no. house now. Yeah, uh, and one talk about it being claustrophobic, and and one way that the um, the sequel. Uh, which I forget what year it came out, which is not horrible. Yeah, just a couple it, years ago. Yeah, but it's not it's not up to these standards. One of the big ways it changes it is uh, in this one, there are no female characters. No, there's, it's except, all men. Yeah, except there's the voice, which is Adrian Barbeau's voice, um, and there's the game show on TV, yeah. and you see like a game show host or whatever. Other than that, there's no female. I, I, I guess there was supposed to be one, oh. but the, the actress got sick or something something happened. I think originally there was supposed to be one, but I think 
it, in some ways it ended up aiding the film that there's not. Yeah, I think maybe so because and there's there's it's more of a, a every man for himself kind of a situation. You feel like if there was a woman thrown in there, you'd have at least one male character who felt like had to you know protect her. Some especially in a film that made in the early eighties. Um, for me, one of the things that I just you just feel like there's not enough space inside that building for all the facial hair. Just the facial <laughs> hair alone is going to push some of the people out into the frozen tundra. Well, it's cold. They it's need cold. to get that face warm. Yeah, they but do. no, you're right. Uh, but man, it's just yeah, it holds up. It's claustrophobic. Of course, it's a expansion of what the thing from another world mm-hmm. from the 50s, mm-hmm. I believe, and just so well done. And uh, the funny thing is, too, I guess the first time it was shown on network TV. They had a longer version they showed, which gave uh, more backstory to some of the characters. And apparently, Carpenter hated it. He disowned it, and that you, it's gone. That version is gone. Well, I don't know why you would need to do anything. You like don't. That. That's no. the thing. You no. don't. And I'm sure that's why he hated it. Yeah. You don't at all. No. Well, I think I think my favorite thing uh, in terms of of Carpenter's ability uh, with storytelling is the way that he, when you're inside, he's very, you you feel how close, the, but then when you're outside, he goes these big expanses to point out you're, you're also completely isolated. Completely alone. You exactly are trapped right. on the inside and then you are so isolated on the outside and he just uses the camera in such a fluid way to to undermine, or to uh, underscore that point. It's just yeah. beautiful. And there are cool little touches to, to keep you guessing and to keep you uh, everybody away from who is a host and who is not the one scene where you see you don't see a person you only see a shadow motioning to the dog to come in the room yeah because we don't want to know no, who, who no, is that no. all you see is shadow so things like that are great it's also uh the first it was the first john carpenter movie that he didn't write the score for interesting yeah uh, of course he's very famous for writing the, yeah, the yeah. halloween theme but uh there's so much so much to love in this movie, and it's one of those where you just look back and you shake your head and go, why didn't the people appreciate it then? It's amazing. Uh, but, but they didn't, and uh, boy, we sure do now. Uh, the Thing from 1982 is number two on our almost a zombie list, and that means number one has got to be a goodie, and boy, it is. From 2002, our number one is 28 Days Later. Say, so who are you? Wake up today in hospital. Wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected. Father. Infected with blood. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. The blood. There's something in the blood. We have to leave now. What? We'll be coming. They always do. So they can run, right? Yeah. So that's the big deal for this one. And and uh, people bitch, especially when they remade Dawn of the Dead, because they could run. And it's like, they're zombies. And that's the thing about this one. They're not, though, are they? No, they're they're alive. They're alive, and they're just infected with rage, and they can run. And uh, it's a terrifying concept. This movie is terrifying. You know, uh, this one drop of blood, you know, falls from a crow's beak into poor Brendan's oh, eye, you yeah. know. And then the next thing you know, he's willing to just rip his own daughter limb from limb. I mean, it's it's a really scary movie. Yeah, and of course, Danny Boyle, great director, great. is the director here. And he apparently thought that just the whole version, the zombie version, the slow, the zombies, mm-hmm. not that it wasn't great, but that it was outdated. Mm-hmm. And they, they specifically wanted to go after social rage you know yeah. every kind of social rage that was bubbling up you know your road rage or what, whatever it might sure. be and that's the the genesis of what's going on with this disease or this this type of crazy sure 
And, you know, it's it's and it's it's an amazing, you know, there's a lot in this film that owes a credit to Romero. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the, the concept is very much like the film The Crazies, obviously. And um, uh, the way that it starts off as a monster movie, but turns turns quickly into the people you really need to be afraid of are not the monsters. Yeah. Um, but he just he just he handles it so brilliantly. You know, it just it just like squeezes every ounce of anxiety out of you yeah and it's well acted oh my god what a great cast oh and by the way yeah killian murphy his um his role could have gone to i guess ryan gosling oh my god yeah but can you see because remember he has a nude scene so the women everywhere would be losing their minds well killian murphy is pretty cute too (laughs) but it's true no ryan but he's not hey girl no he's not hey girl (laughs) ryan gosling i don't want to i mean he's he's actually a really we both think that one of the most talented actors working so he'd have been great but i just can't i I mean i just it's so killian murphy in my head it is but a cool thing you mentioned the uh the the zombies can run now Mm. and they can do a lot of things and uh danny boyle specifically cast athletes as oh, most wow. of the infected, because he thought of the way they move. They can do things and move in ways that other people can't. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know what? That's just one of those genius yep. things that Absolutely. directors, little touches yeah. that they make that make a huge difference. Because, you know, before he made this, he'd made a lot of movies that are creepy, have creepy elements, Shallow Grave in particular, but even oh, Millions, right? Shallow millions. Grave. I don't know if anybody saw that. Um, and it's just, it's, uh, it's basically from the point of view of a little kid. And so because of that, it's, it's, kind of weirdly creepy it's very menacing um and uh but this was his first and actually last full-out horror film and mm-hmm. he just you know he embraced it he's he was gonna good, scare you he's such a good such guy. a good director mm-hmm. i guess you can see how people wrongly label this a zombie film i think they do a lot of people are just when you just talk about zombie films someone will throw this out there and oh, you sure and it, it's not. No, I mean it's it it is, but isn't. They're not dead. They're not dead. Other than they're that, they're alive though, and kicking. They are alive and kicking. Um, <laughs> and killing. Yeah, and uh, but you know, I mean, it's uh, other than that, it follows the zombie template it perfectly. Does. It does. But it, it does it. I mean, the fact that they're not dead, uh, uh, and the fact that we did this to ourselves. I think that's the, the underlying message there. That not only um, we're the cause of it, right? Because of our rage, because of our you know experiment. Like you know, they break in to save some monkeys and the monkeys have it and they kill everybody and then everybody dies but the monkeys wouldn't have it if we weren't screwing right. around with it and then in the end of course our our military forces and our our basic human instinct the the, the, the whole idea is we are going to kill ourselves yes. right yes um but you know the ending was quite controversial because it does end on a positive note and people were not happy about that yeah and also I was. You, when you uh, talk about um having to fear ourselves and fear the military it's interesting because that one scene where the major says what his plans are for the females right that was that scene was not written until the night before it was shot i guess they had different versions they were everybody was unhappy with it and killian murphy co-wrote uh that scene where they decided how it was going to uh and everybody was happy with they just couldn't get it right because that's pretty stark when you hear it coming from that major yeah um yeah I, i get with you on the ending uh, the other thing is they were very um, clear to make sure the question of whether this um, infection went out of Britain or not. Because there's two there's two points in the movie where you think uh, that maybe it has gone worldwide. She says, well, of course it would. But then uh, later there's a contradiction of that um, in uh, later on in the film that it was contained just in right. Britain. Yeah. So so it does end, as you say, on, on a on a bit of a hopeful note. Yeah. 
Which I think a lot of people were irritated by, but I, I was not. And it, it is pretty uncommon with zombie movies. Zombie movies do almost always end with you think you're out of the woods, but you're not because it's a contagion and because, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, to squash those. But which I, I liked that about this, partly because I, I really wanted to see these three people make it out alive. Yeah, and it, it's funny when you talk about it being a zombie movie or not, regardless... Anybody that watches The Walking Dead has got to see 28 Days Later all over that. Oh, well, right. Well, like the sheriff guy wakes up in the hospital early on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I've, I've not really watched it. I, think well, I've I haven't seen, either. Yeah, but over I've, the years, I've seen one a couple episode, of episodes. Yeah. And, and that one, I mean, it, that, just the first episode I saw, which I think was the second episode that ever aired, I was like, well, it's got 28 Days Later written all over all it. All over it. Yeah. So it's definitely but got I'm the- sure, I mean, any show that's been on that long, it probably, it probably picks up from all manner of zombie movies. Yeah. Yeah. But the, this... When you all you had to see was one episode that we saw and think, which is a full on The Walking Dead is full on zombie, yeah, right. And this was so you can see how people kind of lump this in with a zombie oh, sure. with a zombie film. But uh, we are here to say they are alive and kicking. That's right, and number one on our list of almost a zombie. So hopefully we didn't miss any as badly as we missed on. Oh, we are what we are. I know I'm we're sorry. still trying to live that down. So we apologize. But if we did, let us know and throw in your uh, your comments, your thoughts. As always on Twitter, we are at Mad Wolf M A D D W O L F. Also, we're always popping up on one of our favorite sites, ScreenRelish.com. That uh, we write for. We do all sorts of things over there, and they're a big supporter. And we uh, give a shout out to Craig and Screen Relish. That's right. Our senior British correspondent, Craig. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, and also on Instagram, we're on Instagram. We haven't done a lot, but we're, we're getting started. That's right. Uh, and you can, can leave a, you can leave a, a, a review on iTunes. Oh, Just yes. all, all kinds of ways. Please do. Yeah. And, and as we expand, we hope to expand our, our Fright Club family. Uh, if you're in the central Ohio area, our next Fright Club Live is going to be December the 9th, and it's our Christmas wishes to you. With the uh, Christmas-themed movie, Inside! That's right! <laughs> yes! Merry Christmas! Merry bloody Christmas! And, and the, glad tidings. That's what we'll count down live that day, are the, uh, the five best Christmas horror films. Yeah, so good stuff, good stuff. Next week, it is... Regular zombies. Full on, Full on zombies, zombies with our uh, with our senior Viking correspondent right <laughs> here in town. My friend Dave uh, is going to join us and uh, become our maybe our senior Viking slash zombie correspondent. That's so. right. And we just decided so coming up pretty soon. Bridget from uh, Columbus Horror. Bridget is going to join us for one, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're still working on the the concept for that one. She's got right. a few in mind. But we so do have we have Cronenberg coming up. Oh, so we yeah. got a bunch of stuff and coming up. And the DJ countdown. And the Don't DJ countdown. We, DJ, do. So. we do have the DJ countdown coming, coming up pretty soon. A lot in the hopper, but it's going to be fun. So thank you as always for listening. Until next time. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. 